This the Mixtape Queens. What's up, family? Welcome to another fire episode of the Mixtape Queens podcast, where we bring you the hottest and most talented artists in the music industry. Today, we have Laine Tadase, an Eritrean-born artist with hits like Bittersweet and For the Love. You do not want to miss this episode. Welcome, King. Welcome. Hey, what's going on? How's everyone doing? The Mixtape Queens. Oh, yes. Thank yes. you for having me. <laughs> of course. I mean, Thank it took us a while to get here, didn't it? Yeah, it did. But, you know, yeah, it's always better, you know, when you wait, you get the best. <laughs> Absolutely worth the wait. Yeah. You guys are awesome, though. You guys are awesome. This is beautiful. And it's a blessing to be right here with you guys. Aw, thank you. Thank you so much. We feel the same about you. We've been working with you for quite a while and gotten to know you a little bit. You know, we we listen to your music and we see you performing and doing different things. You know, we're really excited to learn more about you and your story. So... Let's jump right into it. Can you tell us a little bit about your background, where you come from? Absolutely, for sure. Um, you know, who is Laine? I mean, I am the son of an immigrant. Um, I was born in East Africa, Eritrea. Eritrea is, is in the uh, border, like a, co a coastline of the Red Sea. So as you can see, like, you know, my roots and my ancestral line is pretty much very powerful. Um, and, uh, it's, it's so much about me, um, just for me to be, to be here where I am now and what I went through, it's, it's like a movie. Speaking of a movie, a documentary, there's a documentary being done about my life, a biopic, but, um, <clears throat> being born in Eritrea and, uh, you know, coming here and how, how it took for me to come here, what it took for me to come here with my parents and my siblings is a, is a quite a journey. And um, during that time, Eritrea was under, uh, you know, uh, colonized pretty much by the uh, the British. And then after that, it was the Italian. And then after that, we had to fight for our independence because uh, we had to fight with Ethiopia um, for our independence damn near 60 years. And um, ironically, how we're doing this interview right now, May is our independence. May 24th is our independence for 32 years. So music played a lot, a role in my life during the time. So music was pretty much during our struggle for independence was the communication. It was like a weapon to galvanize the youth, to, uh, you know, to tell our story, to, to leave everything uh, what that's been happening through music, uh, what have you, uh, through books, um, film, um, you know, just everything that you can think of that we have to make sure that the next next generation know what Eritrea went through. I'm very passionate about my country, even though I'm passionate with music. But <clears throat> through that, that's why my music like is pretty much about love and politics and uh, religion. Just bringing you know the youth, the humanity together in in in, in however way I can uh, to you know portray my my message. You know, music could be a message, could be a weapon, could be used in so many ways, but I just wanted to make sure that I'm relaying, conveying, you know, uh, a good positive vibes, you know, so I can leave that legacy 
when I leave. So, yeah, I am the son of an immigrant, Lina Tadise, reggae world music artist. So, yeah, here I am here. I've been here for so long. Uh, pretty much, you know, lost my accent. But I do go back home. I do go back to Eritrea uh, occasionally. I was there in 2011, 2010, 2000, uh, recently 2018. Um, did some performances and, you know, yeah, I'm still connected to my roots, connected to my country and here, you know, connected to my community here as well. So, that's me. Sorry, I'm talking a lot. <laughs> Oh, no, that's what we want to hear. We want to hear more about your story. Like, how did you escape? What was going on? And how old were you when you left? I was seven years old when we left. The Eritrean guerrilla fighters informed my family saying, hey, um, it's getting kind of close. So this, this, this little town has to evacuate. So we evacuated at night to Sudan. Um, uh, it, was, it was a long journey. Uh, we had to go on a on a giant big old truck and camels, so we had to travel at night. During the day, we cannot uh, move, so they're always looking for any movements with the uh, jet fighters. Anything that moves during the day, they're attacking. So they were pretty much the war was pretty bad. So we uh, we ended up in Sudan. We lived in Sudan for almost three about three and a half years or so in a refugee camp, and. Uh, during that time, our stay in Sudan, my parents signed up for the amnesty, and it was like a lottery. A lottery, whoever gets you know picked the name, and fortunately, we got lucky. Our whole family was picked to uh, get the amnesty to come to the United States. That was in eighty. I want to say eighty three, nineteen eighty three. Um, no, yeah, eighty three. So we we moved to uh, the U.S. We flew out uh, with uh, TWA. It's an old airline company that was around back then, Transworld uh, something, something, TWA was. Um, we landed in New York, from New York. It was, you know, we had to we had to adjust to a lot of different culture. The weather, New York was cold. We, we can literally smell the cold, you know, when it's really, really cold. You can tell coming from a tropical country, uh, Eritrea, Africa. And then you come into, you know, United States where it's snowing. It's like, you know, minus 10, below zero. The weather was crazy. We did not like it, but we had to adjust. We had to, you know, do whatever, you know, whatever it takes to, you know, make it happen. So that was the journey from Philly, from New York. We uh, we took a, uh, a bus, uh, Greyhound, to Philadelphia. We lived in Philadelphia for three, a little, a little over three years. And um, after that, we um, migrated to uh, California, which we heard a lot of Eritreans were here that uh, that were also in the same situation as us. So it was it was like ah, we need to move west because the weather is kind of you know we we could uh, we could relate to the weather here in California to where you know where the kids' parents were like okay, so we uh, we moved here California. So I've been here since, but in between those things, there's been a lot that's. <laughs> That's in the in the books. So once the uh, the uh, documentary is ready, people will know exactly what the uh, the son of an immigrant's uh, been through in in details. Yeah. Yes, I'm looking forward to seeing that documentary because I'm really curious. I I have a best friend who is a refugee from South Sudan and. There was a population of 
uh, around 20 or 30,000 Sudanese that came to Phoenix, Arizona. And that's where I was able to go to the very first independence party with my friend and learn more about, you know, the culture. You know, I know that all life comes from Africa. I'm into the Smithsonian archaeology and stuff like that. So, you know, I'm very aware of the the power and the roots that come from Africa. Uh, so I'm curious, how, how many uh, Eritreans do you think came from your country, the people that were able to escape? It was quite a few during that time. Um, I mean, if you think about it, migration has been going on for centuries you know there's there's sometimes a saying why do people migrate why is there immigration people have different reasons you know people have political reasons people have economic reasons people have uh you know just you can name it you know you can go on and on but for eritrea it was different for eritrea most people that were able to migrate to different countries they migrated to different countries, but at the same time, they never left their country. It was always in their heart. So with that said, the reason why in the, in the uh, Eritrean um, independence was victorious is because of the people that were in, in diaspora. They were getting a lot of help. So one of the, that was one of the main reasons why um, Eritrea was, was getting so much help within its community uh, abroad, even though our military was never, you know... Uh, they they just could not let it go, surrender, you know, just give up their their homeland. It was a long battle, but everybody fought the same battle for independence. So I just wanted to point that out. But there is a lot of Eritreans all over the world. We're pretty much in every pretty much every corner of the world. To be honest with you, the biggest population of Eritrean immigrants, like second you know first second generation third generation are in the East Coast, I want to say, and then uh, back to the West Coast area. But especially, there's a, I mean, there's another big number in Europe, you know, Scandinavia, uh, Germany, you know, you can just name a whole bunch of other countries um, in the Middle East as well. Uh, Australia. I mean, Eritreans are everywhere when it comes to, like, being together and helping for any type of a movement. They come together and they make anything happen. I just wanted to give you that that insight on how how we were able to obtain our, our victorious independence through the struggle, through the armed struggle. Even though we weren't getting help from anybody else, we were pretty much alone throughout the process for, for damn near over 60 years. Yes, wow. Yes, that is, I mean, it's it's a powerful story that you have and you know, I'm curious when you came to America and you were a small boy, you said around seven years old, you know, what were your memories like trying to adapt? And I know you said it was cold, but, you know, how did your parents survive and how did you start to adapt? I mean, you have no choice. There's a thing called, you know, once you are placed in a situation uh, for, for a better future, for a better life, that is the only thing that you can uh, focus on, the positive thoughts. So those were the, the reason why we were able to adapt and, and just survive and being able to cope with any, any you know, uh, 
unforeseen situations or circumstances that we have to go through. So with that said, I mean, it's, it's in our culture. So if we're given an opportunity, we know it's for a better future, a better life. We have to, we have to find a way to adapt to the, to the cold weather and just to the, to the culture, but always sustaining our, you know, our identity, our culture, where we come from and knowing our, our story, knowing our history was one of the uh, most important to, that kept us afloat throughout the process. So when we got here, um, I was, when we left Eritrea, uh, my town, Ginda, I was, you know, almost eight. And then uh, when we got to the U.S., I was, you know, I was a little over, I was 12, 12 years old. But, you know, learning the language was a little bit, you know, difficulties that we had to deal with for, you know, for, for the first six, seven months. But we, we were, you know, we were resilient. We didn't give up. We, we were eager to learn, you know, but in the, in the beginning it was tough. You know, people just make left, you know, make fun, funny comments and whatnot in school. Kids could be, you know, um, cruel, not knowing that they're being cruel. They, they'll make some funny comments here and there, but it, it was, it was, a it was a long process. A lot, it was a lot going on growing up. And at the same time, music was pretty much right on my hip, learning and listening to music and understanding, you know, always keeping, you know, my story and my history in my, in my heart. And now I'm, I'm blessed enough to, you know, write music and perform, do the things that I want to do, which is performing and recording and whatnot. So. Yes, you have come such a long way on your journey. And uh, like you said, you were you were a young boy. You went to Sudan right first, and then you came to America when you were a teenager. And that's already an awkward age to yes. be finding yourself, you know. Uh, so, yeah. So tell us how music became your passion i know that you said it was a part of the revolution and it, it always is right art is a part of revolutions and a part of culture but how did you get started learning music and knowing that it was your passion i mean being a being a, a part of that product being being born into that situation you're pretty much gravitated to uh the story, the, 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 the situation, the, um, just the, the everyday life that you go through that you hear from family members and, you know, it, it's, it's, it, it takes you away. Um, and then listening to the, the music that was written by, our, our legend, um, performers, artists from back home from Eritrea and what they were saying, uh, to instill through the hearts and minds of all Eritreans all over the world that's saying that uh, we're resilient, we will never give in, we will never kneel down, um, we will never uh, surrender. That that type of movement, that type of music was, was the music, the sound that gravitated to me growing up. Even though I was here, I was able to always go back to my foundation, go back to my roots and know what I need to talk about, whether it's, you know, like I was saying, you know, talk about the struggles, uh, the love and all that, um, that kept me going 
So, I mean, around the house, we were always listening to music. My older brother is also a musician. He he plays the uh, traditional kurar. So I, I was pretty much around it all my life <laughs> as we speak. So that was uh, the life. Social media game changers. Are you ready to take your brand to the next level? It's time to step up your game with the Mixtape Queens. We specialize in all things social media, from graphic design, music, photography, and videos. We got everything you need. Whether you're a business looking to boost your brand, an influencer looking to expand your following, or wanting to just get yourself heard, the Mixtape Queens got you. Want to contact us? Go to our website at mixtapequeens.com. Sweet. That's pretty sweet. I mean, you're pretty much meant to be an artist and spread your message. I think, you know, it's, it's a calling, right? So how did you, um, how did you get started recording and, um, you know, performing? Yeah, I started, I started recording my first recording studio session. That was, um, wow. I joined a group called the Black Fugitives back in the early 90s. Um, one of my good friends, I still talk to uh, one of the member that was in the member, one of the leader, uh, Trey, Trey Kyle. He, he auditioned, I auditioned for the group and I made it. I was, it was like a hip hop group, you know, um, MCs and then they needed a, a vocalist. So I audition i made the audition so we were able to start recording on a on a four track i don't know if you guys are familiar with the four track recording uh <laughs> um, nope, okay. never seen it yeah i record i recorded on a four track um we used to record on a uh, on an adat i don't know if you're familiar with an adat and we also used to record on um the real the real like the analog like, like taking it back to like temptations like you know back in the old days and those were those were the sound that was i was adapted to like real analog warm sound now everything is pretty much you know digital so when i when i first got introduced to writing and and hearing my voice you know being being uh coming into like life and that all that made me that 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 got me into that got me to get more motivated more inspired because I was, I was always able to just sing and not record and being able to have that opportunity to record in the studio and, and put out some demos and what have you, that was the, pretty much the, uh, the tip of the, uh, you know, of, of my uh, journey on recording. So ever since then, ever since that moment, uh, it just, I just never, it, I never stopped. I kept going. That was pretty much, you know, all she wrote after that. And uh, to come to find out, I'm like, Hey, uh, I'm able to write my own sound, my, write my own melodies, write my own lyrics, uh, pretty much to any track, any type of track, any genre, to be honest with you. But, um, my home base was pretty much like writing too, like reggae, more of a world music, but I'm able to write, sing to pretty much anything. So yeah that's how i got introduced to uh to recording uh, early 90s with black fugitives and i've been with a lot of other groups as well um after the uh 
that group, everyone, everyone had to move on and uh, we split up. And then, uh, and then I had a, a live band. I worked with this live band, um, Fireburn. Fireburn was my first live band that I, uh, that I assembled, put together. And, um, it was my first live album that I released in 2002, um, titled Rise. And it's also on all the, uh, digital platform, um, Rise by, uh, Linus Adesse. Um, you can catch that on Spotify and iTunes, all that. Um, there's a beautiful, there's a lot of beautiful songs on there. Um, my first album, I'm always, I always go back to, it's my pride and joy. Um, yeah. So after that, uh, the, uh, the fire burn, we did a lot of shows together. It was out in the Long Beach area. And then I had to move to San Diego and San Diego, I had to assemble another band, um, new nation, new nation did a lot of gigs. We did a lot of, uh, you know, tours. Um, now I have, uh, I have this band called revival. They're, they're my backing band. So whenever I have a big show, I use revival to back me up. It's a nine piece band, big band. So basically that's where I'm at right now in that journey. Yeah. Hell yeah. I love that. I love that for you. <laughs> Thank you. And you're obviously a genius when it comes to music in general. Appreciate that. Appreciate that. It's a lot of work. It's not easy. Yeah, I believe you. And with that being said, we wanted to know what are some of the issues that you faced as an artist in the industry? Where can I start? <laughs> the issues. Oh, my goodness. Um, the industry, I mean, it's different. It, it, the industry changes. I mean, it has changed over the course of the decades. I mean, 25 years ago, 20 years ago, you would have to, you know, work your butt off to submit a demo to a record label. You know, it was either you get a deal through a record label or you're just going to be a studio rat all your life and you just keep recording and recording and never see any fruits of your labor. But um, now to fast forward 2023, I mean, the industry is, I don't know, to be honest with you, I mean, the industry is there, but the industry, the way I see it is the artist is the industry himself. The reason why I say that is the artist has so much, so much tools right in the palm of their hands, of her hands to, to do whatever they want to do on, on, on the platforms that is given to them. So what I'm, what I'm saying is don't work so hard trying to please a label now work so hard, work hard to create your, your art, to, to elevate your art because the platforms are there, the tools are there and invest in your music because I don't know the uh, labels, I mean, big labels are no longer, uh, relevant. Just, this is just my opinion. If you have, if you have a way uh, of, of marketing, uh, uh, getting your music out there, you just got to keep, keep, keep working, keep doing what you're supposed to be doing and being consistent on your craft. 
is 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 a major major key consistency on your craft because you are your own label you are your own brand at the end of the day so i mean that's just my opinion i mean there's a lot of artists out there that that are looking to get signed to a label i mean all i can say is keep working and good luck with that and and just don't don't give up on on just being consistent on your craft because it's just it's just the nature of how everything is in life. If you're not consistent, I mean there there's no purpose, especially if you're trying to accomplish your goal um, to get to get the masses, uh, you know, to get the masses to hear you hear your content and being being just being yourself, not trying to be somebody else, be yourself. So that's 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 the thing that I wanted to say. I mean, I mean, there is no issue with the industry, you know. Right. Yeah, that's you're right. The industry lately is incredible. Um, what What's possible for independent artists and you've seen it yourself over the years that, you know, an industry that used to treat artists kind of like a machine It kind of like chew you up and spit you out and mm -hmm. kind of like mold you and water you down and now I think we're tapping into like you said this whole new possibility of artistry itself and being able to be so true to who you are and your authentic self and your calling and your message it becomes your brand and the artist is the brand now and with social media, there's so much that's possible for artists, um, especially artists who have, you know, a unique style that we aren't necessarily used to seeing, right? Yes. What are some of your goals? What is in store for you? What can we expect? I mean, hmm, my goals are pretty much to keep doing what I'm doing and just being consistent with my craft and getting my music out pretty much from the bottom, like from the South Pole to the North Pole. I want everyone to know who Lion A is with the music along with the brand and um, just keep keep pushing away, keep, keep, you know, chipping away and leave, leave a, a great legacy for, for many, 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 many years to come. Um, and focus on music that is going to be, you know, not just for here today and gone tomorrow, you know, music that's going to be here and stay forever. That type of music that, that is my, uh, my goal. Um, another thing I wanted to say is, um, it's not about what you, um, what you have accomplished. It's, it's, it's also about what, what you're going to do, you know, tomorrow, because tomorrow is just not an, it's, it's another day and it's not promised. So what you're doing today will be etched and engraved forever. So focus on 
what you're doing in the presence. Because future, if you think about it, what what you accomplish right now will will pretty much represent you in the future. I don't know if 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 they understand this, but I just wanted to um, really you know say that because some some people focus on you know just what what they want to do now and not think about how is it going to affect you know tomorrow what what effect it will have tomorrow so your your artistry your craft will always be what people will go back to at the end of the day when, even when you're not here it's it's going to be it's going to it's going it's going to be around and it's going to help somebody in 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 any way it's going to help somebody through pain going to help somebody through uh, struggles. It's going to help somebody to, to be motivated about life. It's going to help somebody to say it's okay. Because it's, it's like medicine, you know? That's how I see it. It's just like medicine, but through a frequency, you're helping somebody your frequency you share your frequency yeah it's the vibe y'all <laughs> yes yes it's the vibe and it's divine and it is absolutely medicine music is medicine and i think we are reminded every time we do this podcast i think it's so important that we're all reminded how powerful music is and art is and the world and how much we can heal by listening to music as well as making music. And your message is so important. So we are so grateful to have you here sharing your story to give that reminder and remind everybody how powerful your message is and to keep pushing to make that music make that art and really sit down and put your heart into it don't worry about what's popular or what's going to get the most likes or what the labels want to see or what's on the radio focus on your message we all have a special story right it's like a fingerprint we all have a different one so that itself is the niche is the brand and somebody out there is needing to hear it so thank you so much for coming on here and giving the world some of your light shining your light on the world um our podcast is charting on the top 200 spotify chart for music podcasts in the world we're over 17 countries that tune in and listen so we're sending all of the love to everyone around the world and we're curious what is in store for line a um do you have any new ventures or projects or collaborations coming up yes i do um i have a uh we got this uh this is strictly for all producers that are out there um we are 
we have recently released a, a pack deal. It's called Lit Loop for all the producers. It's just to make their life much easier. Um, and it's royalty free. Literally, I mean, sounds that are not even out there yet. Um, pretty much they'll never be out there because it's different. So it's called Lit Loop. I sent you the link. Hopefully uh, they can uh, check it out, litloop.com. Um, and uh, I'm getting ready to release another EP. And um, as a matter of fact, no, uh, we just changed it. It was supposed to be an EP. It's going to be an album. So be ready for that. Um, and I wanted to uh, just say, you know, thank you to the Mixtape Queen and uh, everybody that's been around me throughout my life and um, that's been dealing with me throughout my life with this uh, journey. And um, and big ups to all of my Eritreans all over the world. Um, happy independence to all of us. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, big up, big up. Big ups to all the Eritreans and all of the humankind that is tuning in to this beautiful podcast with Laine Tedese. And we are so happy to have you. We look forward to having you back anytime. You are welcome here. You are loved. We absolutely love you. We love you. Love you too. Love you we too, are- guys. We're so grateful to have you in our life and to now have you on the podcast and bless all of the listeners with your presence and your message and your voice. We will have all of your links in the description of the podcast below. We want to make sure that everybody goes to Spotify or Apple Music and follows the Mixtape Queens and rate this podcast and make sure that you tune in for more artists from around the world yes 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 and we're sending everyone lots of love and you king we hope that you have a beautiful day thank you you too much love king much yeah, love you both have a beautiful day love y'all all right love peace peace, that I'm shown. peace. rise like a phoenix into a realm of the unknown Woo! <laughs>